Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Please take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6 unless uh, there's a football game. So I'm here today for the bye week and I'm back after football, same time, Saturdays 3 to 6. And I have a WSB McDonald's weekend prize pack for you. And boy, is this one right up my alley. Absolutely both things right exactly the kind of thing that I like to do. First is a pair of tickets to see the blues rock guitarist Joe Bonamassa on Friday, November 20th at the Fox Theater. Actually, a listener, Jim, turned me on to Joe Bonamassa a couple of years ago. And boy, is that guy a masterful guitarist. And uh, also in the prize pack is a family four-pack of tickets to an upcoming Atlanta Gladiators game. That's minor league hockey. I love hockey at the Gwinnett Arena. So the first person to call 404-741-0750 gets that prize pack, that awesome prize pack. Uh, But we are talking about Benghazi, the Benghazi hearing this week, which was, in my opinion, a total nothing burger. I wasted a lot of hours trying to sift through some kernels of satisfaction out of that when the Republicans supposedly grilled Hillary. But there is bigger picture stuff to talk about here. And uh, I also want to talk a little bit about just the general kind of politics. Paul Ryan, I want to share with you his voting record later in the show, lest you think that he is a uh, a, a candidate that might appeal to the so-called Freedom Caucus. I beg to differ. And uh, But I want to take some calls. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Jeff in Gainesville. Hi, Jeff. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Hey, I just want to talk a little bit about how frustrated I am with the Republicans and how they get beat on by all the national channels, ABC, CBS, NBC. I think they're always playing defense. You know, they get attacked from the left, and they're always trying to defend themselves. Why not, you know, you saw like with um, Chick-fil-A, with the, uh, you know, marriage between a man and a wife, how everybody on the right side rallied to Chick-fil-A to bail them out. I mean, you couldn't even get in line to get a Chick-fil-A that day. It was so crowded. Why not go after the big three networks and shut them down by boycotting the products that advertise on those stations? Just basically I shut think, down their funds. I think the problem's deeper than that because, and I've thought about this, I'm glad you're bringing this up, that even Fox, the right, the stuff from the right, is really skewed to the left. I mean, I can tell you some actual events. I, I read an excerpt from Roger Ailes' biography that said they fired Glenn Beck uh, in 2011, in like August or September 2011, one year before the re-election of Obama, because they wanted to take a less 
partisan tone. So, and I've actually thought about it. I've thought, why, why does the media, even on the right, have to uh, skew to the left? Why do the politicians, even on the right, skew to the left? And I have concluded, this is like a big idea that I, I think I'm right about this, that, that actually the libertarianism or traditional conservatism or however you want to slice it is what our founding fathers instituted here. And it is natural to us. We are liberty and justice for all. And uh, any way you look at it, it's Americans do cling not to their guns and, and their religion, but to the Bill of Rights and their freedoms and all that kind of stuff. And in order for the big government guys on the left or the right, so you don't realize that the big government guys are on the right, I do a review of basically the neoconservative handbook on my website, monicapresho.com, that talks about their plan is to have big government, that without big government, they don't have big power. So they just have to kind of persuade us into trusting them that they're going to do the right thing. So, so the left and the right both want big government and the media on the left and the right the same. So the reason it all has to be skewed left is because they're all in the business of, of moving us to the left. Uh, they're all trying to get the center to move to the left, even on the right at that level. That's, that's my big idea. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I still think the people don't want that, though, and the people are the ones that buy the product. The government doesn't buy product. So I still think if you if somebody can put together, like, a, a coalition to, to not buy, to boycott Chevrolet, to boycott Ford, to boycott everybody that advertises on the big networks, and even hurt Fox, too, with the ones, you know, when they go left, you know, hurt them, you know, all those times when they do those segments, and shut them, just shut them down, because people want to be free. People don't want big government in their lives. Yeah, it would. I, 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 that actually brings up something pretty interesting, which is I've observed this, what I'll call the oligopolization of American industry, where all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but there always seems to be just two or three big providers and not much choice. So banks, telecom, cars, I feel like when you look, because I've thought about that, about I don't like my bank, but why, when I go to look at other banks, they all have the exact same thing. They all have these ridiculously low interest rates, even though mortgage rates are five times, you know, what they're willing to pay in interest. Nobody, you know, even, even your gas stations, they all somehow have the exact same price for gas. I, I, I think that you could take, that it might actually work to just have a, a sit-in, you know, it's not a bad idea. Just say, hey, you know what, we're not just, we're not buying anything anymore. <laughs> Why not? Right. You know, why not? What do you need? I was actually when the financial crisis came, I kind of felt like maybe we would be relieved from another Christmas where I bought my kids all this junk made in China that didn't even work till the end of the day. I thought maybe we just we maybe we have too much and and this consumerism has gone too far. But that's a very radical thought. I thought my other idea was a big one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's worth thinking about, Jeff. Thank you for the call. I I, I have actually a few times this week. This is I, I'm going to classify this as the fourth time this week I've heard, either publicly or privately, somebody turn the finger back around at us, that, that I, I myself always look at these guys. I see the machinations. I see how they're manipulating us, our minds. Um, there's a great documentary, Century of the Self, about Edward Barnes, who was Freud's nephew, and he just taught the government and corporations how to use propaganda. I tend to look up at that, but my mom always says, we have free will, you can't abdicate your responsibility. 
And and this week, a lot of people have said, hey, why don't we do something? Why don't we do something? And But I, I marched against Obamacare three times, and uh, it did not work. But maybe Jeff is right. Maybe, maybe sewing up your pockets will help. That might hit him where it hurts. I think money is still... Uh, the bottom line. I'm going to Johnny in Atlanta. Johnny, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. It's Johnny Blastoff. How are you? Hey, Johnny. Johnny is uh, uh, emails me, and I think you've called in before. Um, and actually, you, I think, were recently tweeted about Edward Bernays. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tweet about Edward Bernays all the time. He, he Edward Bernays has he, he studied all these psychologists and then these group psychology experts from back in the 1800s where they basically systematically and incrementally affect people's unconscious minds in a way where it almost takes away free will because people are behaving in a way where they don't even understand what's controlling them. Um, but they believe they're making these rational choices, but they see this information that connects to the base drive. It's all based on Freudian psychology and ultimately, it kind of takes away some of that free will that we were just talking about. Well, what can we do, though? I mean, there's this is the fourth time this week somebody has asked, has turned the finger back at us, and you can't abdicate your responsibility. So what's, do you, what's your conclusion? What can we do? Uh, the, the solution that has, that has kind of like what they used during the Revolutionary, Revolutionary War was they did almost like white propaganda, where they, they did the same tactics, where they just did it in a way where it wasn't, it didn't, didn't have ill intent. I, I personally think that the best way is to inform people as much as possible, because the yes. only way that you can truly understand that stuff is if you step back kind of outside of, outside of yourself almost, and you reflect upon the, the kind of illusionary reality going on around us, and then you start to critically understand it. But we're so distracted that nobody does that. Yeah, I, I wrote an article, like a review of a book by a guy named Krishnamurti, like an Eastern kind of thinker. And he said that you don't have to meditate, you don't have to figure anything out. All you have to do is trace the origin of your thoughts and feelings. Just think about it. Trace it back to where it starts in the self. And once you see all those connections that you are making without realizing it, you're freed from, from that kind of iron grip of, the, of those kind of psychological uh, you know, cause and effects that, that may be just being aware of it. And I, I agree. I really, that's what I feel like our, what we do uh, when you know, your callers call and we have this conversation is, is simply having that honest discussion opens people's eyes up. And, and that's why I think the government or the media or whatever puts so much effort into the media, so much effort into what we think because it's that powerful. It's that powerful. Exactly, and Edward Bernays talked about controlling the, the mass communications, and he used to talk about if they can harness the, uh, I mean, and he, he was predicting this like back in the 30s and 40s, that, um, you know, the, how, how the media was spreading, and by controlling that, that you can control um, the mass population by feeding the information that they get, and you see that, like, with this, this stuff with Hillary, which blows my mind. And okay, hold that thought, can, Johnny. So. I have got to take a quick break. I want to hear what you have to say about Hillary. Can you hang on for a sec? Yeah. Okay, uh, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let me know what you think we can do. Is just talking enough? I, that's all I can do. That's all I do. I talk. I'll, I'll go to 
rallies and protests. Jeff said we should put our foot down and uh, and stop buying their products. Boycott. I think that's a very good idea. Tell me what you think. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. 404-872-0750 and 1-800-WSB-TALK are our numbers. Talking about, I guess, what's going on. Uh, we've kind of gone to where, what's going on up there? What's going on with that Benghazi hearing? Why didn't the Republicans go after Hillary? I think that kind of dovetails with uh, the Paul Ryan running for House Speaker. And the funny thing is there's a connection between those two in that McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, who was running for a speaker, said this really crazy thing, which was uh, that they were kind of, look at how Hillary's dropped in the polls since they heated up Benghazi again. I mean, it just was not believable that a, a, a politician who's ever gotten elected could make that particular kind of blunder. And then that paved the way for Paul Ryan to be our reluctant hero. So I want to talk a little bit about Paul Ryan's voting record at the bottom of the hour. Uh, but I want to take your calls first, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Johnny was on hold from before the break because he had a comment about Hillary, and I kind of derailed him a little bit. So uh, so what you got on Hillary, Johnny? I just think this whole thing is like like watching a, a a bad episode of a Monty Python comedy where this this clumsy hero Hillary who just can't do anything right and is buried in the water and every Hillary doesn't have a chance Hillary doesn't have a chance and then overnight she's suddenly presidential. I can't turn on the radio or TV without somebody talking about how presidential. Yeah, that's why I had read earlier. Maybe this is why you called that. One of the headlines on Yahoo was Benghazi gives a Hillary presidential platform. And I got to tell you, I, I know you've listened to my show before that I've been saying from the very beginning, no matter how bleak it looked for Hillary, that she was she's going to be the nominee. And and I've also been saying, my opinion from the beginning has been that she'll be up against a Jeb Bush Marco Rubio ticket and that Jeb will win. Now, Jeb, absolutely. Like, he, he may be, if this really is like a PSYOP, he would be in the phase of being, you know, the, the John McCain carrying his suitcases by himself through the airport, totally out of money, no support. You know what I Do you see a parallel yeah, on the other side? journey for Bush also, yeah couple of sociopaths were going to rise to the top and let them battle it out for us. And you know what's funny is that you would think in a vacuum, just hearing that it's Clinton-Bush, that you just, uh, no one would ever think that that's something that would happen in America. The people would just throw them away with both hands, especially since Bush's approval ratings were so abysmal. But... You know? I, yeah, I completely agree. It's the way they frame it in the media. Like they they switch they, they switch our attention. They they tell us what's important and they highlight it. And they'll they'll make Bush. I you know I got a feeling they're going to make they're, they're, Trump's going to do something that's just going to like can be be completely insulting to Bush, and they're going to make him out to be this poor poor hero. Yeah, something I I do. I am waiting to see a connection where Trump's big momentum somehow. Uh, swings behind Bush. I don't know. That's speculating a little bit in the future, but the Hillary thing seems to be rolling out uh, on script. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. 
I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6 when there's no football games. So I'm on till 6 and I'm back after football season. But we can keep up with each other on Facebook, Twitter at Monica Perez Show or uh, on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. I've got an email button there if you want to email me directly. And uh, I just got uh, an email from Corey who had called earlier and we were talking about the, the committee of Benghazi and he had said he thought Trey Gowdy was just a regular rank and file Republican nothing to see here and I did think the same thing and I even had plenty of people post or several people post to me on Facebook that he can't be gotten to he's uh, a good guy and I gave him the benefit of the doubt but I changed my mind and Corey didn't under, he wants to confirm the reason why I changed my mind. And the reason was that I saw that he wrote a plea to for Republicans and whomever else to vote for trade promotion authority, which was a tight vote, 218 to 208. And and Corey points out that almost 80 percent of Republicans voted for it. And that. So that Trey Gowdy to that Paul Ryan also uh, went to bat for that. That, to me, reveals that the Republicans are not really defenders of sovereignty. This Trans-Pacific Partnership, this trade deal that is in absolute secrecy, it's been un, uh, in drafting for anywhere from six to ten years, It's you can't trust this thing. If you can't read it, the implications could be very serious. And it came out, it began to be drafted just after the CFR, the Council of Foreign Relations, put out a document called Building a North American Community, which called for open borders for lab- labor and products and also interoperability with police and military. I mean, talk about a threat to sovereignty. And Heidi Cruz, by the way, signed off on that. Her name is on that recommendation. Uh, but that that thing didn't really take off. But if you look at the TPP, it includes what that document called the tri-national area, Canada, the U.S., and Mexico. And we don't know what's in it. So if they if they call that stuff uh, interoperability or open borders or whatever, part of this trade agreement, we, we don't know. And it has legislative powers and judicial powers. It's a very serious thing. And the fact that 80% of the Republicans voted for Obama to have um this authority to negotiate it and not for congress not to have the right to advise and consent as they have in the constitution to make it an up down majority vote instead of a supermajority vote i think is very serious so trey gowdy promoted that i did not like that it makes me think that he's not minding the store and the other uh person who i who voted who pushed it paul ryan he has quite a history of not minding the store. I Tell me what you think. Do you think that he will be an improvement over Boehner as Speaker of the House? 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. Give me a call. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Because I, I saw this whole thing about um, Kevin McCarthy saying this crazy gaffe that Benghazi is about Hillary's poll numbers. Crazy thing for him to say. He was the guy who was uh, looked to be the next Speaker of the House after Boehner. And that, because it was such a debacle, 
it made it look like there was this you know, big power crisis and, and we need to get somebody who can unite the party and not be an idiot. And, oh, it's Paul Ryan. You know, they, they positioned him exactly the way they positioned him as VP under Romney. Like, oh, Romney is, oh, granted, he's a socialist, basically. He was the only one who didn't have the moral high ground on Obamacare of, of every any Republican I can think of. Only Romney, having implemented Romney care in Massachusetts, could not win on the single issue people cared about that election. I smelled a rat with that. And then they rolled out Paul Ryan as uh, several articles described him as a libertarian. And boy, is that guy not a libertarian. (laughs) Take it from a libertarian. Uh, Just a few of the votes that I found of his at votesmart.org when I was when he first came out for uh, the VP was he he voted for the USA Patriot Act. He voted for the National Defense Authorization Act. That uh, is that the backbone of all the surveillance. He voted for Medicare D, which was the largest expansion of socialized medicine since LBJ. He voted for TARP, which was the bailout. He voted for No Child Left Behind, a huge socialist uh, program from the Bush era. He voted for the first gigantic Bush stimulus package and one of I think it was the first giant Obamacare. Uh, Obama stimulus package and then he did this thing with the TPA and all of that stuff speaks to uh, if you if you look at what a libertarian is it's small government it's uh, liberty civil liberties and it's a defensive defense policy so when you start getting into the USA Patriot Act the NDAA that goes to civil liberties and uh, this, all those other socialist things go to the fiscal conservatism. But uh, when you look at defense and you can wrap stuff like sovereignty in with that, I think this trade promotion authority, the, the two trade deals over the Pacific and the Atlantic that are going to be signed uh, with basically no pushback because of this trade promotion authority that Paul Ryan and Trey Gowdy pushed, those things are, are the biggest threat to our sovereignty that I've ever witnessed, like in my adulthood or, or in my lifetime. And people who look at, they, they say immigration is a threat to our sovereignty. This is a threat to our sovereignty because it takes the legislative process out of our hands and it probably opens up the borders in ways that we don't, that we have not been told about. I don't know because it's secret, which is another thing. It should just be thrown away based on the fact that it's a secret. And, but I feel like the Republicans act like they care about sovereignty, but in reality, when you look at things like Libya, when you look at things like Syria, where they make up stories, well, the left makes up humanitarian stories, and the right makes up national security stories, but the fact is these aggressive policies that do uh, um, violate the sovereignty of other countries, it's regime change, they don't make us safer. They spread this terrorism, they spread chaos, there's something else going on, and I think that these these guys in the limelight right now on both sides of the aisle are uh, are working for the same, you know, you can call it the deep state or the power lead or whatever, but it's not for us. And I think that uh, when they parade somebody like Paul Ryan around, like he's some kind of savior, he's doing us a favor. He'll take the job, but he won't work weekends. I just, I mean, that really galled me. Maybe that was the point to be a distraction, but another one of his demands was that the rank and file could not call for whatever, a vote of confidence or replace the seat. And there has been a real trend. Harry Reid took away the filibuster for appointments. There's one of the one of the quintessential American things was that the minority was not powerless. That that uh 
that there that you couldn't just railroad the minority like in other countries sometimes the the majority everybody in the party has to vote with the party and and that gives the majority party real power because they always vote together they there can't be any little sub factions but here we don't have that and to to try to kneecap the minority is a very un-american thing to do and that was one of his demands so i'm a little i, I don't know uh, I'm going to go to Stella in Griffin. Stella, you're on with Monica. Yeah, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to say no, absolutely, on Ryan. Basically, the um, the caucus doesn't have enough votes to put their own person up, but they do have enough votes to stop anybody you know who's not a conservative who doesn't want small government. And I believe uh, no candidate for the speaker should put conditions. It's the conservatives who first started this by wanting to vacate the position. You know, and they are the ones, you know, that the conservatives that need yeah, to do conditions. It seems uh, like a, a, a setup. The exact thing that gives these guys power is the exact thing that he wants to take away. And he could not get them to endorse him. A, a majority supposedly said they would vote for him. But they won't endorse him. And I think that there is a a really serious effort to keep this kind of grassroots movement. And they really have done a great job in batting it back and keeping it down. And they got Rand Paul, I think, to move to the center a little bit to his detriment. I think they're doing everything they can to silence that minority, that irate minority. But uh, and it seems they seem to be getting the better of us. Right. You know, the uh, minority started out so great, as the Republicans do, and then it's like they're folding when they have the power not to elect uh, somebody as speaker that doesn't follow, uh, you know, along. Uh, I I do want to clarify something that I said. I said us. I don't identify with the Freedom Caucus. I'm a, a libertarian, but I do believe that the libertarians, the Tea Party, the traditional conservatives are all like could la- live happily together in one tent. It's this majority yeah. neoconservative thing where if you if you read my summary, my S, my review of that book, they talk about a conservative welfare state. That's what they want, that these small government Republicans squander the opportunity to wield power. So, you know, and that's the truth. So so it's kind of almost a like uh, an impossible situation, a paradox or something where the ones who really want power and get power and use power want the big government. And and how do you get somebody to represent you against that? Right, right. I I just, you know, go back to say if they had the power to vacate and get Bonner gone, why on earth put somebody else in? similar to him i know but i think it's going to happen you're right yeah, i mean that, yeah. and, and but that's why i do think it's so critical to not allow this change in the rule that would would k- take away that little bit of power away from the minority there's a few things that separate us from the europeans in important ways like that the people control the purse that congress actually proves the budget item by item and and they've de facto gotten rid of that for many years in that they just do these continuing resolutions or have done on the budget, which gives, uh, you know, kind of abdicates Congress's ability to control the purse. And also this thing about minorities having some power. And I just feel like uh, it's a slippery slope and, and we're headed down it. But 
I just think it's important for people to understand that uh, even though Paul Ryan gets this great, you know, um, he's the great Republican savior, I think he's the neocon messiah. I think he is 100% establishment and that he's just there to be a little softer and cuddlier. But we'll see what happens. Uh, I've got time for one more call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, right after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. Wrapping it up on this Saturday afternoon, going to Todd and LJ. Todd, you're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Look, I think you nailed it dead on the head with Paul Ryan. This is the quintessential establishment tool. If there was a photo in the dictionary of establishment <laughs> tool, it would be him. Yeah. Uh, he may be a nice guy and all, but his record is very clearly nowhere near a strong conservative or anyone, any, any, any semblance of libertarian values. I mean, it, it's... Yeah, there's nothing... because you have is a paranoid Republican Party that is seeing a, a loss, particularly in the younger folks, who are going more conservative, more libertarian, and they're thinking they can just put up a nice little puppet that looks really good, and, and that'll bring them back. And they But just, the establishment cannot tolerate libertarians. How's that? The, li- the establishment cannot tolerate libertarians because it threatens the power. Well, you're exactly right, and I think you're, you're, you, you nailed that as well. This is not a two-party system anymore. It's a one-party. The only reason the aisle there gives them something to vacuum. That's it. If they're reaching across the aisle, they're just exchanging texts. So there isn't us versus them in, in our system anymore, but it's really the big government folks, R&D, versus the people who are paying the bills. That's what's existing. And I think more and more people are coming to that reality, which is why you're seeing the Donald Trumps and the Ben Carsons and such leading this way. Even the Republicans have woken up and said, this is enough, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm going to end the show with a quote that you reminded me of that I happen to have in my uh, notes here. It was Carol Quigley wrote a book, Tragedy and Hope. He was a teacher of Bill Clinton's at one time. And he said uh, this is in in his book, which was really an expose of what really where the power really lies. He says the argument that the two parties should represent opposed ideals and policies, one perhaps of the right and the other of the left is a foolish idea acceptable only to the doctrinaire and academic thinkers. So it's ridiculous unless you're just, uh, you know, pie-in-the-sky kind of guy. Instead, the two parties should be almost identical so that the American people can, quote, throw the rascals out at any election without leading to a profound or extreme shift in policy. So the whole thing is set up so that we think we're getting a change and we're not. That's how it's set up. It's pretty messed up. Well, this is uh, the end of my show for today. After football, I'll be back Saturday, 3 to 6. If you want to continue this conversation with me, go to my website. I've got email there. I've got podcasts, videos, MonicaPerezShow.com, Twitter at MonicaPerezShow. And I love some likes on Facebook. It's just super fun for me. And I also communicate directly on Facebook. So uh, until the football season is over, that's how you can reach me. This is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.